everybody. Welcome to episode number 100. I think it's 14. 114. I did not look because that was a dumb thing that I probably should have done. But I'm pretty sure it's episode 114. <laughs> uh, Max is out. This is our first episode without Max for the next uh, three or four weeks. Uh, but joining me today is none other than Mike Doherty. Hey, Mike. What's up, players? It's your boy. Okay, Mike so, Doherty. So it's 100 and... It is 114. There we go. I, I got it right for once. Uh, Mike, how are you? I am fantastic. 114 episodes. Yeah. You guys are already 114. We've been doing this since 2015. So, yeah. Kudos, sir. Kudos. That is an accomplishment. As a person with my own podcast who's not nearly anywhere to 100, doing this consistently, you guys should be proud of that. That's the, something. That's the hardest part. Uh, we didn't start doing it every single week, week in, week out, until like last June or July. We got into a good groove finally, and we're like, all right, every day we have a time, or every week we have a time slot. We know when this goes out. We know when it goes up, and we got into a groove. For the first year, it was like, do you want to record this week? No, and we just would not put a show out for like a couple week period. Uh, where are you at right now? Yeah, I know your own I know show. Um, so right now, uh, so Chiptooth Gaming, youtube.com forward slash Chiptooth Gaming. Um, I think I'm at uh, the Chiptooth podcast is at like 25, something really small, just because uh, my co host right now, uh, Kyle Bunyan KB, uh, has a kid and his wife, and he just sold his house and he actually he's an actual adult living working yeah. adult as i'm living fantasy land of college um so i'm he's not so lucky to have as much time available as i do yeah um so it, it's really hard to get consistent with him um but right now chiptooth gaming is in like a rebrand right now um, i'm trying to figure out what i want to do with it um eventually i want to get off the google hangout kind of uh, format for the podcast yeah. and do it like um like an in-person one like with everybody there with me in the room just because it's it's better how many how often have you done uh in the same room podcast because the only reason i ask is because uh i have some friends in vegas and uh as i told you before we started talk- talking here uh, that's where I was at over the weekend, and I met up with them, and we actually recorded a podcast in person. I was like, this is like maybe one of three podcasts I've ever recorded in person, and it's way better. It's so much easier it's, than this. It's so different. It, just the vibe of everybody, uh, the, the, of course, the delay and the lag um, over online, mm-hmm. um, I, which I, I get it. In today's age, it, it's cool that we're able to do it, but like in person, I think the conversation flows so much better. Yeah, um, I think – the Chip Teeth podcast started off as an in-person uh, podcast, so I think we did like 10, 10 to twelve episodes of uh, in-person. I we had a set. I uh, I jerry-rigged the set. Um, I took a bunch of pallets and I nailed a <laughs> bunch of pallets to where uh, they could stand it and where I could hang things on it. I think I've actually seen that. I think because I because yeah, so, I did some research into you before I reached out to you. Like we've been setting this up for like three months even though i didn't talk to you for two of those months or something like that (laughs) so yeah i I looked into some of your past stuff and i think i know that set you're talking about actually and and frankly i think those were our our best episodes too it it looked good like i've just got this green screen behind me that i've never done anything with we've moved away from doing it on (laughs) youtube though this is uh just an audio show now we used to do video and then we realized there's kind of no point to it like it's just two dudes bouncing back and forth, like you said, with the Google Hangout stuff. So unless you have a unique video angle for it, then there's really 
no point i guess i don't know yeah ex- exactly the audio audio were again since we're only 25 episodes in i'm not too uh too worried about it but eventually it's going to be we're going to get on the youtube or the audio services like itunes and stitcher and whatnot but so much so much to do yeah. it's been a it's been a crazy year so so you said your co-host is off being an adult and all this that stuff uh my normal co-host is weekly listeners whoever they might be might be aware of uh my co-host max max roberts he is getting married this week so that is why he is out for the next three weeks He's doing right. getting married this week, honeymoon the following week, and then I think he's like moving into his apartment the following week. So he's just busy doing adult things too, which leaves uh, you and me, the kids with no time right. to do anything to podcast. I guess Max. instead, yeah. Congratulations, we, to Max. Yeah, we are uh, myself and a few friends are going down to Orlando to his wedding this Friday. We're driving down. I think it's like fifteen hours, so that'll be fun i guess oh, i don't know Jesus. it's one of these destination weddings yeah well that's where he lives so okay i was about for to say us, this kind guy of... <laughs> making everyone pack up their things and go somewhere else yeah no it's uh he, he lives there so it's just like down the street from where he lives but uh no it's uh it's a jaunt for me and some other friends so yeah we're gonna be driving down there. i think we're doing driving down there thursday the wedding's friday driving back saturday so it'll be like 25 to 30 hours of driving over a three-day span which is going oh, to suck fun. but uh it's always fun i guess that's why they created the switch maybe so <laughs> so we'll get some uh use out of that uh what yeah, is so a- so what have you been up to lately then um because you and i have not really spoken before obviously i'm aware of chiptooth gaming we can talk about that if you want to you're kind of exposure to people like myself through kind of funny, which I have followed your crash bandicoot rise over the past year. Or so however that's been, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you want to talk about? I guess. <laughs> okay. So, um, I guess your question is just what I've been up to. So yeah, what have you been doing? I, I work full time. I work full time for uh, best buy. Um, for their gaming department actually and then um i also go to school full-time uh for uh video production same here yeah so um that's really what i do it doesn't sound like too of exciting of life but this year has kind of been crazy and uh like you said kind of funny uh noticed me i got them to no uh noticed me just through a, a dumb youtube video that i put up and uh that caught tim and nick's attention and uh, I made them laugh. They thought that was funny. Um, and me being local, uh, this is one of the reasons I moved up here uh, yeah. to the Bay Area from Southern California is to be able to do things like uh, go to IGN house parties and uh, basically go network the best I could. Yes. And um, I saw this as an opportunity to do that because I'm a schemer. And it, it worked out. Tim actually went for the bait and um, <laughs> he had me come and be a part of Kind of Funny Life three which was insane yeah and it was a sur- like insane crazy night that um i couldn't believe that i was able to be a part of and then after well do you have any questions on that no I, I think i i think from... i listened to your uh you did the games cast on that right where you guys kind of talked about it there or something like that or i think i oh. may have watched your debriefing video after it all went down you're like hey here's how this all got put together or whatever and uh you talked about how you kind of just blacked out when you went on stage for that for the most part like you don't remember any of it 
Yeah, it, it was it was man, it it was crazy because I I went up in rehearsals and I I bombed. Like I was like <laughs> I was like stuttering, I was like stumbling, I was like oh my gosh, like they were all looking at me like oh this is crazy. Like we probably shouldn't have hired like not hired, but they, we probably shouldn't have reached out to this kid. And then I came on to stage and I did it. And I blacked out, so I didn't know how it went until I got off stage and people were coming up to me and uh, telling me, which was really cool. Um, but. On top of that, like just something funny from that night, it was like they didn't even know. Like half the people, half a kind of funny, didn't even know who I was. I was just kind of like chilling out there, um, and I didn't want to get in anyone's way. Um, so they thought I was Kevin's uh, brother's friend, and so like Andy's <laughs> like, "Oh, that's cool. Like Kevin's brother, or Kevin's brother has a friend, and he's like helping out with us." He's like, "Oh, that's cool." And then he saw me get like in uniform and go on stage, and he's like, "That's weird that Kevin's brother has like a part in this." live show like so I, I just think it was really funny because greg thought the same thing he like didn't know really who i was yeah and then i got on stage and he's like what is going on right now yeah that's funny that they didn't even have the or some of them didn't even know the script well enough to know what was going to happen from one moment to the next it's actually pretty funny so. yeah well that show is crazy tim ended up finishing editing the day of like a lot of the video so yeah. like they didn't even get to rehearse my part uh really um the day of rehearsals that's insane i don't know how they do i don't know how he does that on a yearly basis obviously i know tim loves to gear up for that stuff and that's what he lives for but those productions are insane and for the size of the team that they have and then all the colin drama that was happening like what like two months beforehand like for them Mm -hmm. to still pull that off was incredibly impressive it's insane and it drains Tim. Like you can, I've talked to uh, Tim, uh, even Kevin was talking to me about it. It like emotionally and physically just drains the life out of Tim. So, but like uh, the show itself is such like a recharger too. Yeah. So it's like, it's a positive and a negative. Um, but I've been to a, pun- a bunch of live shows. It's hands down the best live show I've ever been to. Yeah. Like just in uh, production quality wise, like it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to go this year. Um, I wish I would have. It's always hard to get out to San Francisco, just obviously for money reasons. Um, maybe one year. I don't know. Maybe if they move it to another. Well, they're never going to move cities. They've already said that. But uh, yeah. maybe one year. I don't know. I, actually, t- speaking of San Francisco, so like you said, you moved up there. Um, how's that been for you? Because that is something that I have thought of doing myself. Um I, I I mean, I don't know if you're aware, but I, I write for Dual Shockers. I do uh, the writing and then obviously the podcasting and video crap. All that same stuff. I think we're all the, the, a big group of us on Twitter and on the internet are obviously all trying to break into the games industry somehow. And I've thought maybe if you just move out to San Francisco, you'll be able to network kind of like you said, meet people and hey, maybe then they pull you up to the big leagues or, or whatever. Has it been worth it for you to do that? Because obviously the big stressor that comes with that is you have to live in San Francisco, which is the most expensive city in the country, which freaking sucks. Uh, has that trade-off been good for you? Have you found it to be beneficial? Or how, how do you like San Francisco, I guess? Okay, yeah. So um, it, it depends. Uh, it's paid off for me, uh, like personally, more yeah. than I ever thought it would have. Um I I, do, I also did a cheat code. I don't live directly in San Francisco. Yeah. I live in the East Bay. Okay. So there you go. Which is significantly cheaper, but still significantly expensive. Yeah. Like it's still, if you're, if you make a hundred, a uh, hundred thousand a year, it's, you're still considered a low income. I hear. 
Yeah. So it's, it, it's hard. I live with um, a bunch of people to cut the cost of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, pers- personally, uh, I don't know. It depends. If you're determined enough and you really get in the ears, know how to get into the ears, really know how to get into the eyesight of the people. Like if you come in with a plan, I think it would be worth it. Yeah. If you're trying to break into the games industry, because IGN does a ton of th- things too. They do the first Fridays. So like um, if you do a first Friday every couple months, um, uh, basically first Fridays when they give the tour of the office, mm-hmm. um, uh, you just get in their ears and then um, you get to meet awesome people like um, uh, Sean Pitt, like Sean Pitts from IGN's out here. Um, um, just more networking opportunities really. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can get into those ears, then those guys are the guys that can uh, get you in through the door. Yeah. And that's the thing is I'm trying to figure out where my value is with moving out there and doing those things and having like those direct relationships. Whereas I'm in these people's eyesight already because I'm going to a decent amount of events at this point. Like I went to an Assassin's Creed preview event like two weeks ago in San Francisco. I went to, like I said, I went to the esports tournament this week and not that anybody big was at that, is at that thing. Um, but I'm like, going to e3 i was in plenty of meetings with other people from ign GameSpot, polygon wherever so like i am it's weird because like i'm amongst these people is almost like a peer so to then like be like hey i love your work blah 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 blah. like i think the problem for me has always been like i don't want to come off as a fan because i'm like in the same meetings as these people i'm doing the same jobs as these people a lot of the time so it's more just like how do i get them to recognize my work rather than I guess that primarily, like how do I get them to recognize my work and then call me up based on my work rather than like being around or something like that. Not that there's like, and that's not to disparage like uh, what you said, like being in their face or or not like that you're hounding them or anything like that, but like being around and like being present, like that is obviously a great way to get recognized as well. Um, there's no right answers to any of this is what yeah. I've learned as well, which is like the hard, the hard thing. Like there is no book that is how to break into the games industry. It is a very hard thing regardless. Um, well, from, from the conversations that like I've had with people, it really is. There is uh, an answer on what's easiest and that what's easiest is who, you know, but even when you're out here, it's getting to meet these people and have them see you as a peer, as someone who um, has potential. Yeah. Um, that's a completely different conversation. But yeah. I know um, relationships, that's what, what really matters. Um, Nick from Kind of Funny, um, me and him, like we see each other a lot. Like I, I go to his open mics. Um, mm-hmm. I th- there's one, one time where I went with him and uh, he, w- he was like, oh, let me drop you off at the bar station. And we just drove around and he just gave me life advice for – the 15 minutes we were driving around Mm -hmm. and like to him, like I have them as people who are in my corner in the games industry. So, um, and then from them, I I, I get to meet other people. Um, so to me, it's about who you know and who who can get you in because there is something to be said about having them recognize you for your work, Mm -hmm. but it's just a lot harder of a route to go. I, I, from what I've noticed, yeah, I totally agree with you too. And I I, I think that's um I mean, based on where I'm at right now, obviously living in the middle of the country, that's about the only way that I can really go at it. Um but it's more it's more mm-hmm. just figuring out if moving out there and 
being around those people more often and creating those relationships, then I could have like the, Hey, I'm making good work that maybe you've recognized. And also like, Hey, we're friends or something like that. I don't know. Not that every, it's just a big friendship circle over there or anything like that. But like, yeah, like it's, uh, it's a very confusing thing that I spent a lot of time this weekend talking about with a couple other friends as well. Um, what would you want to do in in a perfect world where you do end up working at an IGN or GameSpot or whatever? I don't, I don't know. I would assume you would like to work at IGN because that's where everybody wants to work. Uh, what would you want to do if you did break into the industry? Um, so end goal or just like a starter job? Like um, they, they accept me for something either or like yeah. What's what's your end goal? So my end goal for it all is I want to be host. Yeah, I want to be a host and a producer, um, just because I, I feel like that's where uh, the most uh, creativity can be. Uh, realistically, I'll probably enter as a video editor or a, an associate producer, um, something along that those lines. Um, and the thing with being a video editor is you're just a tool to them. Um, not that they don't value you as an employee, but um, that's pretty much how you're going to be used as a video editor is uh, the video goes in uh you're going to process it for them you're going to cut it for them and the video goes out like you're gonna you have no creative say it's it's just like a machine you're just a tool that's going to be used for them and ends and in and uh generally a video editor it's a lot harder uh to move up um with enough determination, uh, again, if you're putting out awesome content on the side, on top of you doing your job, and to- on top of being the best at your job, then uh, uh, you'll move up. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of similar to how Tim got in, wasn't it? Was he he was more of a producer off the bat, he, so he didn't have to work up from editor, if I'm correct. But like he did a similar thing where it was he he did a lot of video stuff and then all of a sudden he was doing more on camera work he was hosting the daily fix or whatever and then all of a sudden like he's let him host and uh, all that stuff like that was kind of his path as well so obviously like you've seen that that's been done before so you could you probably feel like you could pull that off as well yeah well tim caught so freaking lucky and um I, I when i've talked to him about this uh before too he went in as an associate producer but mm-hmm. that was after he um had an internship with ign and IG, ign does not do internships anymore yeah <laughs> he was he was the last he was the last of that kind of wave that was uh before they stopped doing internships and i think that was even before ziff davis uh bought ign that, that sounds right to me yeah i don't i don't think they had purchased ign yet at that point yeah, I think that's when they were still with Fox, and Fox was the one uh, yeah. who set up the internships. Yeah, yeah. So that's it's it's been weird to see IGN change so much over the past few years too. Like the games industry is constantly in flux, and it is hard to find your in when everything is constantly being reshuffled, constantly changing. Yes, mm-hmm. and so the best thing I think to do is to carve out like a niche for yourself and something unique. But the scary part about that is you don't even know if that unique niche will be around within the next few years. Like you've seen that a lot with like people who cover esports and stuff like that. I don't think esports is going away anytime soon, but you've seen enough people like find gigs now because they know how to cover esports. Whereas I think a bunch of us uh, don't know as much about the technical stuff of fighting games or MOBAs or anything like that. Um, 
finding some sort of specialty definitely helps, but uh, that's very complicated and hard to um, do. Just like everything else, it's all so strange, dude. It's it's a if, weird thing that bothers me all the time. Finding a unique and original idea and then implementing that unique individual idea to where it gets that audience is so difficult and it's a lot harder than it sounds like because especially with the internet everything's been done before so now it's like okay like where's my angle yeah that's uh that's the that's the biggest problem with even like writing and stuff like that too like i don't know how much you write or if you like i don't know well you script out your own stuff i know i know you do um that's the hardest part part of that too is just finding your voice like that is like and that's the one constant everybody says about writing too but like i write so many things where i'm like did i just write that in my voice or was i just writing to just get something done and more often than not it's the latter um i don't actually think about i don't think hard enough about what i am writing sometimes when i am writing it, and i know that's a really poor practice um yeah i don't know yeah, no, I, I get the same exact way. That is actually like my least favorite part of when I do scripted videos is the script. And um, it's the same. I think, like you said, everyone has that same issue of finding their voice and how to implement that into writing. And it, it it's difficult. It's so difficult. But once you find it, I think it's easier to hone. And I, I, I can't even say that I found mine. Yeah. No, I uh, I think it takes years, if not like a good decade or more sometimes like I've read like certain like sports columnists who um, like Bill Simmons. I don't know if you know who Bill Simmons is or anything like that. I used to work at ESPN yeah, or no. whatever. Uh, I used to read his columns a lot back in like middle school, high school. And by then he had found his voice, but even seeing his, how his writing styles changed from the time I started reading him now, just still reading him now where he's like with the ringer and doing his stuff over there. Like, Seeing it, seeing how his articles have changed over the years have been like really interesting. And when I look at my own writing, it's like it's changing in the way that I think it's getting better, but I don't know if it's any more personable or stand out than something else people are writing. And that's the yeah, hard which thing. is what's going to make you stand out. Exactly. Yeah, like people identify your tone or your use of specific words or whatever. I mean, how you talk, like, that's 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 the thing, is how you talk is how you should write. But, like, I don't think a lot of people do that, myself included. Um, it, it sounds very – you'll I'll write things sometimes, and then I'll read it out loud. I was like, I'm, I would never say that in a million years. Um, yeah, it, it, finding your voice with writing is super freaking hard, dude. And uh, I don't know – I don't know when it clicks. Like, that's the one thing about it. Like, you can – like edit videos or something like that and be like, Oh, I, I'm a good editor now. Like I know I am good at this. Whereas writing, it's like, I don't know if I'm getting any better at this than I was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a tricky thing. Yeah. Writing, man, I, I have ADD or something because it's reading and writing that like I can, I could BS my way through like an essay, like uh, for class. But yeah. like when it comes down to like the work, I'm like, I'm not going to put out garbage. So it's like, now I really have to sit down and for, that's like the hardest thing for me is sitting down, taking time and then uh, storyboarding it and then trying to put it together and mm-hmm. then writing it and then going back and editing it. And there's just so much work. And it's like, it, it, it's my least favorite part. 
yeah. definitely of doing videos. Yeah, I've got um, – I think I've mentioned this before on the show, but, like, so this is my final semester of college, and for my final, like, end of the uh, – end of college project, I'm doing, like, a five-part video series, video essay series on Bioshock, and I haven't started it yet, and it's due in, like, uh, six weeks, so that's probably a dumb idea. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I need to get rolling on that and I'm just stuck at the scripting part right now. And it's like, I don't know if what I'm saying is anything else that no one else has said before. Not that like my professors would realize that, but I'm going to end up posting it to YouTube and stuff afterwards. And I don't want it to be super bland. You definitely should. Yeah. So, yeah. And then after the writing and then it's the recording, which is the next thing I have the biggest yeah. issue with is just because my own voice i hate it and mm-hmm. on top of that it's just like you have to sit there and you have to redo it and redo it and redo it and redo it yeah and that, that again that's the next hardest part for me and then after that it's cakewalk i could edit i could do b-roll i could edit that's fine yeah i've got uh i'm planning a capture session next week i need to play through the entire game again and get all my own native footage so it's like crap i gotta not play Mario Odyssey or something and play Bioshock. Yep, so, so that's going to be what I work on next week. Uh, speaking of new games, though, that are coming up and stuff like that, or I guess new-ish things that we may have been playing, even if they aren't new, uh, what have you been into games-wise l- lately? Because I don't obviously know too much about your taste or what you've been playing. Uh, what have you been dabbling in lately? So I've been just fully submerged into Cuphead. Dude. I am all bored. Like, this game is phenomenal. It's, it's, it's my game of the year so far. Is it really? It really is. This game is – it's bringing difficulty back in a, into gaming in a way that I haven't – think I've ever experienced, like, at least in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Like, I, of course, there's been hard games like the Dark Souls, but, like, this is – this harkens back to, like – the NES like era, like in difficulty. Mm-hmm. And um, I appreciate that. And then on top of that, it's just so damn charming. Mm-hmm. Um, the levels, just the way you can upgrade your, uh, your guy, uh, the cuphead, um, the boss battles are so unique and like clever and just like everything about that game is like, I- I'm all about it. And it, the difficulty is just that added like goodness to it to, for me. Yeah. Um, I've been, I'm about, have you beat it yet? No, I, I so I posted this on Twitter the other day. Um, I did not know that if you hold down B, that first of all, and then again I changed out my uh, my controller so things are a lot easier in my controller layout. Okay, but I did not know you can um, hold the button hold down. down B to have it auto fire. So I was rapidly tapping B, and that made the game so much more difficult. <laughs> I, I actually liked it more though. Honestly, I actually liked it more. When it was uh, even harder than it is, um, but now that I fixed that, I've I've been breezing through it pretty, pretty easily at this point. Yeah. Um, I've I'm about I'm into World Two, and I've gotten stuck at a couple things. I haven't played it in a while. It's actually, if I have a couple minutes tonight, it was actually the game I was going to dive into tonight because it's been about a week since I've played it. Yeah, dude, it's weird. Yeah. That game makes me uh nostalgic for an era that i never lived in as weird as that is too just with the with the art style and obviously being based off of the 30s cartoons um 
I've I've been looking forward to that game since they first showed it off at E3 in like 2014, I believe, in like a quick sizzle reel. I was like, whoa, wait, what was that game right there that you just showed for like two seconds? Uh, Go back, Xbox. You finally have something that we're interested in. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's lived up to what I wanted it to be in that regard. Um, I think the the platforming levels aren't great, but the boss fights are just immaculate, and the design to all of them is uh, totally different from one another, too. That's what I really like about it, too, is that none of the bosses really feel the same in any way, shape, or form. Um, they all have their different uh, forms as well, which is cool to see because you'll get to, like, one. You'll get to... The boss fights are so short that you'll play them and lose so many times, but it's like maybe takes like ninety seconds after after you get to the result screen. It's like how how quick was that? Ninety seconds? What the heck? Like that wasn't long at all, but it took me two hours to beat that boss. Um, I like the process of like getting to that next mile marker and being like, okay, they're changing form now, and I have no idea what to expect because I've never been to this part of the boss fight before, and then trying to still win and hopefully get past it. Um, it's. It really, um, kind of like with what you were saying there with the difficulty and how you haven't really um, seen anything like it lately, it it makes you experiment more than I think any other game has in a while. Um, because there's not a right way to beat it necessarily, um, but you convince yourself that there is a right way that you need to approach a boss, and then when you finally get out of that and try something else it turns out that that's better or something like that i think it really encourages you to experiment which is fun yeah that's the beautiful thing about it too is like you could see all three stages of a boss fight and you could still be thrown off because of the uh how it randomizes uh it patterns yes uh because it's not not a consistent pattern which we've seen time and time again in boss fight and boss fight and boss fight that these bosses have patterns and they've done it in such a brilliant way that every time it's a challenge getting mm-hmm. through, the, through the whole level because it's not going to be the same way that um, each time. I just think it's just a beautiful execution of, um, it, like you said, the platforming levels aren't great, but they're not bad. They're not terrible. Like, no. I, yeah, I enjoy them. So it's like, like even the thing that I was worried that was going to break this game isn't breaking this game. And like, man, like I am just having like the best time with Cuphead. The just the visual experience, uh, the way they've mastered the bosses and uh, making it a difficult game, and then on top of that, doing um, the music and the the just the style and the art and just everything in it. It's just I, I'm I, I'm that's my game of the year. And that this is originally my game of the year was going to be the Crash Bandicoot Insane trilogy, but this is definitely taking it well and above. And of course, that, that's a joke, but I'm a fanboy. So. Yeah. I uh to break your heart I bought the insane trilogy. I never played the old crash games and I bought the insane trilogy and I loathed it and I took it back to GameStop right away. And, okay, uh, you try you dabble in all three? I did um played the most with Crash 1 and then I was like, okay, everybody said to jump into the others though. So I jumped into Crash 2 for a bit. Still was like this sucks, dude. And then I played Warped okay. and I was like, no, this is uh no, thank you. <laughs> I, I understand I'll it. Forgive if, you, I'll forgive you. It's not for everyone. It's uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like back in the, I when I got rid of it, I was like, okay, I can understand how people would dig this back in what nineteen ninety six, seven, eight, whatever it was. Um, but in two thousand and seventeen, as a newcomer, I n- no, no, I will go play something else at this point. So two thousand seventeen's done. So yeah, I think I, I traded. Times. I got it. I got like Yakuza Zero or something else instead, which I haven't played yet. But uh, 
Yeah, Cuphead's been great, dude. I really need to beat that game because it's not very long either. I was watching some Twitch streamers uh, the other day who were um, going for like world records and beating them in like 25, 26, 27 minutes. And I was like, this, oh. it, like, if you know what you're doing, you can beat it really quickly, obviously. Meanwhile, I've poured like four or five hours into it and I can't get past like some of the, some of the stage two bosses. So it really challenges you. And yeah, like you said about the run and gun levels, uh, the platforming stuff too, it's cool that they're, they only implement them um, in the pursuit of getting coins, which is just allows you to buy more stuff, which allows you to mix up the way that you play. I really like that that's the only reason in which they're there, unless you want the bonus stuff, which I don't know if you know about or not. I don't know. There's uh, there You can unlock extreme difficulty, I believe. If you do, oh, Jesus Christ. if you do a pacifist run on all the running gun levels, like if you do not kill anything, then you can unlock oh, extreme Christ. difficulty. I also know there's a way to unlock black and white difficulty, or not difficulty, black and white mode. So the screen is everything would be black and white. So then it's really oh, like yeah, old school dope. cartoons. Uh, I don't know if those are tied to the running gun levels though or not. Um, Interesting. Okay, I'll have to look into that a little bit more. But yeah, there's some cool cheats and stuff there that they've tucked away. I think you can get some achievements for them if you're into that or whatever. But uh, yeah, that game's really good. I need to play more of it, and I probably okay. Yeah, me. Won't. Yeah, me too. Life is just so busy, man. Yeah, I know. I know. So incredibly busy. Uh, what else have you been into? Anything else besides that lately? Um, let me see. I I've. Uh, uh, again, I haven't picked this up in like a month, but uh, Destiny. Destiny's great. Um, I've dabbled. Yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, it's good. I wouldn't say it's great. It's good. Did you, um, did you play the first one? Were you? No, I did not either. I, I, okay. Yeah. So from what I've heard, this is exponentially better than the first one. When I was when uh, KB, uh, my co-host, was uh, telling me about the original Destiny, I don't know why they that game was loved so much because first of all, they didn't have a map. <laughs> like there's a lot of things with that game that I would have put it down instantly and but I'm not doing this. I'm not playing your games. This is a bad game. And I'm not gonna play a bad game. But Destiny 2, I love the shooting. Like yes. the shooting is incredibly fun and fluid. That's like my favorite part of the game. It's like an addicting, like to get the next gun and learn how that shoots and then shoot that and then shoot more things. That's like the best part of the game. Um other than that, like I've I've fallen off the cliff with it. Like I can't I I can't. You I need, can't with it. You need more content? Yeah. Um, more content would be nice. And then it's just like having to rely on friends to do a raid. Yeah. Is exhausting as Have well. Have you done it's it like, yet? Because I still have it and that sucks. I've played it. I, we didn't get very far. And then we tried to reschedule a day to do it and it just never happened. Yep, that's what happened to me. So I've, I've like been in mm-hmm. it and I got to – I did like one of the – first areas and then my power went out so that was really dumb uh yeah i really want to do the raid but i don't know who's gonna do the raid with me at this point it feels like it was like it's so last month at this point to ask people to do the raid with me which is such a dumb thing to even say but yeah no i i feel this i feel the same way and then the i think some of them some of my friends actually went off and did it like within like another group so i'm like okay great so now i really am alone on uh the raid but then it's like how many times am i gonna do this fucking live event yeah like how many like this is what this game is is you're just going from point to point to point to point doing the same live event 
Yeah. And that's kind of an MM, <laughs> that's an MMO-ish thing. Uh, so I think people with MMO backgrounds are kind of more used to that. But yeah, even with me, like uh, I've been trying to jump in and do like the weekly uh, quest things they give you or whatever that allows you to unlock more powerful yeah. gear. And like every week, it's like, hey, go do a bunch of the live events on the EDZ. And I was like, oh great, I will go do that. But I want, I don't, I don't want to do it. But I want the powerful gear. So sure, whatever you say. Um, the things we do it ourselves. Yeah, I'm really caught up in that loop <laughs> in that loop of uh doing the weekly events though. Like I haven't played it this week either and I know it resets tomorrow. So um Yeah, Tuesday. In the back of my mind before we started this, I was like, "Oh, I should probably jump into Destiny tonight and knock out some of those weekly quests or whatever and then it'll reset tomorrow and I'll have a whole new slate slate of them uh, and I can get a bunch of powerful gear really quickly." But uh that's when you know they maybe have you hooked. I, I, I'm not playing it like hours upon hours every week, but I'd say I jump in for two hours every week, something like that, which is better than I do with most other games, I guess. So they've kind of got me. Yeah, that, that's something that's happened this year to me too is like finishing a game has been a real challenge. But like I can't, I can't pour any more time into that game. Like I just can't. I can't justify when I have – I still have Uncharted Lost Legacy sitting on my shelf. I can't justify any more time of that game. Yeah. Like, I think it, it's come and gone for me, and it, it's it's a good game. What are, I think that's all I could really say on it. What are uh, So what are some of the ones you've been wanting to get to, but you haven't? Because I think we all have backlogs at this point for this year. <sighs> Shit, man. There's, there's a lot. Um, I, so I recently I, I'm a big uh, uh, NFL fan. So like I, I have Madden. I think I've played one game in Madden, and I think that's all I've played of Madden. Nice. Um, <laughs> it, it's so sad. Um, Uncharted: Lost Legacy is a big one. Um, and Knack Two, of course. Um, oh, you got Knack Two. Jump in, jump into the Knack Two, but it's like I, I'm just a big platforming. I like the mascot platformer, yeah. and from the reviews, it, it's better than the first one. The first one was. The first one was uh, atrocious. It was a, <laughs> it was a launch game. <laughs> That's an understatement. Yeah, it it was a real bad game. It was not bad. Or it it was real bad. Not not having to say it was not good, but yeah. So, um, knack two, um, and then, um, on the switch, I have a ton too because I, I still haven't bought a switch. But I'm planning on buying a switch. Like I have the money for switch, but it's like haven't jumped into it yet and yeah again i don't know if i want to jump into it right now so i don't know just a lot i mean odyssey would be the time assuming you're interested in that game um plus you could get the bundle which is a pretty decent deal right isn't yeah. it isn't it the same price as the standard switch just comes with the game and the nice red joy cons uh i th- yeah i think it's a little bit more expensive but not by much that'd be a good time to jump standard, in, but if you want to yeah, and then it's like, then again, with me, it's like, I, I take these weird stands on things, and it's like, am I really going to give Nintendo my money when I have so many, like, it's an awesome system, but like, I have so many problems with that too, so it's like, then it's just justifying the shitty decisions that they make. Yeah. So to me, it, it's a wait out game. And then Wolfenstein's coming, oh god, dude. I'm just thinking about how much bigger my backlog's going to get, because yep. there's Wolfenstein, there's Battlefront 2, there's... 
Um, Assassin's Creed's next week, too. Mario Odyssey. Oh, God. Jesus. Yeah. It never it's, ends. Uh, South Park's out tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. That's one I actually want to play. Um, yeah, it's getting, it never ends. This, it's this getting, this, this month's bad. And then Call of Duty's out the following week and, uh, Battlefront's kind of the cap for me. There's a couple other things out after that, but nothing else I desperately want after that. Did you jump into the beta by chance for Battlefront? No, I didn't get a chance to. It was, uh, good gameplay. Uh, the loot crate system was frustrating for sure that that's that's definitely what i've been hearing yeah it's the word on the street yeah hopefully we'll see what they do for the full release but uh i checked that out at e3 and i was like super hyped for it and then the beta came out and i was like ecstatic i was like yes we're gonna be able to pour hours into this and then uh, I, w- I was so turned off by the loot crate stuff that i like hopped a- hopped out after like a couple hours i was like oh this sucks so there's gonna have to be a point where uh like us as gamers, unless we want to live in a mobile, like mobile game platform, we're going to have to eventually put our foot down on uh microtransactions. And I, well, I think like, you it's see a lot really... of people doing that now. So, but I don't, yeah, I, I agree. Like it's, it's a, it's a weird thing because the microtransactions, I think uh, Activision and Blizzard announced last week that uh, they had, they made $3.4 billion off of in-game transactions last year alone, which means they can now have the revenue to create a whole bunch of new games. So it's a, du- yep. it's a double-edged sword where it's like, do we want these things to continue being a part of our games to then allow these studios to create new cool games? Um, or do we just want not want them at all? Because if it helps yeah, keep but studios the, open, then I don't know. Like, yeah, and then the new cool games are then hindered to just all right games because then it's like you can't even play half the game without buying the other half of the game. Yeah, microtransactions or like with microtransactions is like just let me. I bought. I spent sixty dollars. Like, is this not enough for you people? Yeah. But and then like it, it's expensive to make games, and I, I I understand the relationship it has, but it's like I'm not ready for it, and I hope the industry's not really ready for it. So I hope eventually we can actually speak with our wallets. Like, but are we gonna? Like, is no. everybody really gonna? No, that's the problem. No. So it's like, yeah, is like... the shadow of uh, shadow of war was another big one this year. Not. I played it. I've played that game. It is not as it's not it's it's totally blown out of proportion. I played that game for like 40 hours. We talked about that last week. Uh they're there, but it is not what the community is not as bad as people were saying. And the outrage was happening before oh. the game was even out, which was pissing me off is the person who reviewed that for our site because I was like, "You guys, I have played this game. It is not that bad. Stop leaning into this like hatred because it it's not bad. Uh, you can totally ignore it. Uh, NBA 2K, however, terrible. Really bad. Uh, I did not like NBA 2Ks the way they use the microtransactions. Shadow of War. The only thing with Shadow of War when it might start enticing you, like even just a little bit more, because is like in the post-game stuff, when uh, you get like 30 to 40 hours into the game, then you might feel a slight inkling to, but even then, like, the draw is not 
there. Like, again, for comparison, NBA 2K, I poured money into that game 90 minutes in. So, yeah. so, so you're telling me the internet blew something out of proportion is what yes. you're telling me. I'm telling you that YouTubers created outrage because it gets them clicks on their <laughs> channels. That's exactly what I'm telling you. It's, I don't like it. That's the thing is that do I want loot boxes or microtransactions in Shadow of War? No. But at the same time, like I was, I played it and I saw what it was and I was like, I don't understand who would buy this. So sure put them in but the way that the way they put them in was like really ham-fisted and like i it seemed like it was tacked on like three months but three months before the game was out so i don't know like it it, it just it, it was not a good they did not build that game around the loot box stuff compared to some other games which do well with 2k what annoys me is like you're now having to pay for things that you got for free on the other ones so it's like why 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 are we going down this path why yeah i give you 60 dollars yeah you have like uh, you have like two or three hair styles maybe not that many maybe like five that you can choose from at the start of the game the others you have to go to the barber shop and pay for with vc which is i don't know have you played those games are you aware of how those yeah yeah yeah. yeah, so you have to go down the street to the barber shop and pay for an afro, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's so it's it's really problematic. Um, the thing that I, I I reviewed that one actually as well, and the thing I said that was problematic about it though was that they they catered the entire level up system around the VC more than in past years, but at the same time, it felt more a little bit more rewarding at the same time. And it was like, Oh, there that's, that's the problem is that they figured out to not yeah. only make it more central, but also make it feel like a better progression system than in the past, because that's always been my problem with those games is that like the level up system is never super deep. It's pretty, it's pretty shallow. They made it deeper this year, uh, which makes you want to then spend more money so you can specialize in things like behind the back passes or something more than normal. So it's, uh, it's really messed up. NBA 2Ks, uh, I, I usually pour 20 hours or so, maybe more into the My Player stuff. I bailed after I finished my review for that game this year, which sucks. Yeah, I'm, if, if games start going the way of the mobile games, I, uh, I'm going to have to jump out. Like, I can't. I can't. I, you, if, you, if, you've, if you've played a mobile game, it's just too much. Like, they ask for too much. Yeah. And then you get half of the game. And then it's like, I don't want... If that's the case where it's like, okay, oh, well, these fun other cool games. Well, I don't want other cool half of games. They beat you over the head with it, Where I have to pay for too. the other half. Gaming's already an expensive hobby enough, so I can't. I can't be spending another $60 to get the rest of the game. Well, you mentioned how you didn't like Nintendo's practices, and they're kind of the ones who have not jumped in yet and done that. Uh, what are your problems with Nintendo? Out of curiosity. Trust me, I have enough <laughs> as well, so I'm not a Nintendo show by any means, but I'm just kind of curious. So I do commend them on the not going the way of the microtransaction. Um they are just probably the most tone deaf gaming company out there. Yeah. Like out of uh, any, even EA, I think is a little more uh, attuned to the industry than they are. 
um, just with, for one, with the streamers, with like how they're taking a bite into the YouTubers and the streamers. Again, it's their every right, but again, uh, tone deaf move. Um, the, what's going on with uh, the, not the eShop, the, um, what's the classic games? The Oh, the virtual console. The virtual console, where's that? Like, what, like, just their way to make something so easy. The, 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 the way that they make something that's been done generation after generation into something that's so difficult and not user-friendly, like the, the Splatoon, uh, when Splatoon came out, where you had to connect the headset into, like, two different things. And then, like, when they launched their app to where it didn't, it didn't work unless you had it opened. Yeah, and it was like just... this was fixed at, like iOS three. You guys, come on, this is this was done and fixed ten years ago. It seems like no matter how much yardage they gain, they fumbled the balls at some point. And whether it be a little loss of yards or a major loss of yards, I just, I just am befuddled every time how tone deaf this company is, and I don't really think that they're going to change. Like, and they haven't really shown me, uh, I mean, with the switch, they have shown me to an extent, but it's like, like, where's the buck stop? Like, when are you guys going to finally get with to where we are in 2017? Yeah. I, uh, which again, maybe, maybe that's dumb of me to ask of Nintendo. Well, here's the thing I think I would say, since you don't own a switch, um, is that I was in total agreement with all of that until I bought my Switch. Um, yeah. That's a nifty little device, and I think it's going to have some legs. I think uh, the fact that they have put out a revolutionary Zelda game this year, which was meant for the Wii U, but still, they put out a Zelda game this year. And then, uh, obviously, Super Mario Odyssey is going to be amazing as well. Uh, they have two big heavy hitters that have mixed up each of those properties moving forward. Um, and then they've surrounded it with just more solid titles. And I think uh, I think what I've been most pleasantly surprised with them is uh, the indie stuff. Like, they have, like, some compelling indies that I continue to pick up. Uh, Stardew, everybody's been talking about Stardew Valley. Um, I played that on PS4, but I picked it up on Switch again, which I didn't need to, but whatever. Uh, Golf Story on Switch is a really cool little game that I am enjoying out of the small time that I have put into it so far. Um, I just beat SteamWorld Dig 2 over this past weekend. Um, They've got unique stuff that they're actually putting some time behind, too, in these directs, like Project Octopath Traveler, which looks like it could be really cool because they released the demo for that. Um, They've got Xenoblade Chronicles 2 coming out at the end of the year. They've had a good slate of games this year, um, which has been the problem with their new hardware. Um, Like when they released the 3DS, it was Steel Diver and uh, nothing. (laughs) Like nothing was out for that at launch whenever that came out. I think it was like 2000, I don't know, 12 maybe. I might be wrong there. Uh, Wii U was really piss poor as well, though. Like there was nothing for that at launch either, and there was nothing that really enticed people to ever purchase the Wii U. I guess. I mean, that whole system that system had some solid games, but uh, it was obviously marred by the technology because it felt like a Fisher Price toy. But uh, yeah, well, I'm probably the biggest defender of the Wii U's library, at least. Um, not the Wii U because it's garbage, but. 
the Wii U's library, there uh, by the end of its life cycle, there's some solid games on there, and I would not be mad if they ported that over to the Nintendo Switch to actually give it some life. Um, I get it's a nifty device. Like, I trust me, I want one. Like, I'm fighting myself from buying it because, like, I. I, I'm into it. Like I want the Mario Kart. I want the games. I'm on board. These software wise, they're killing it. Like and then like you said, the indies. This is the Vita 2.0. Yes, it is. Like this is, but it's I don't know. I, I'm conflicted on it because, like I said, I get in my own head and then I go make weird stances and weird uh, lines in the sand just for me personally. So then it's like then I'm just battling with myself at this point. So yeah, and trust me, they are still. Uh... I, I am still, I am still very frustrated with them from uh, yeah. very often. Uh, I think it, I think yeah. what I've learned though, again with owning the Switch, is that most of my problems now boil down to anything involving the internet. They are still a good decade behind on where they need to be with uh, chat, just internet functionality as a whole. The eShop on the Switch is, it sucks. Uh, they could have a way better layout there. Um, the the entire the Nintendo ecosystem um, is kind of bad. Uh, they they could do so much more to improve that, and I I think I don't think they will. <laughs> like that's that's where my negative stance is, comes in with Nintendo. Um, but again, like where, where I've been won over this year is just the quality of the games, whether first party or not, that are coming to Switch. Um, and then seeing like people actually like uh, Bethesda line up and be like, yo, we want to put Doom on this thing because uh, this is a cool console. Um, I, I don't know if I will buy Doom again on the Nintendo Switch, but it's cool to see them doing those things because that is not anything that I would have expected Back in March when this launched, I really thought third-party support was going to be very small. And so to even see that they've got even a minor amount of support from third-party publishers is really cool. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see like in, when you inevitably do probably buy one. I'm curious to see if your yeah. thoughts like will end up changing over time, kind of like mine have. Um, yeah, and that, that's – I mean that's the thing because I probably will eventually – and like break my line in the stand and buy one and uh just have consumerism go rampant but it, welcome to america yeah yeah it's great um it's like like so let's for example because i see them pulling shit like this i i, I wouldn't put it past them to pull shit like this so virtual console i doubt that we're going to get a virtual console anywhere close to the way it was on wii u or uh the wii because of these uh, classic yes. consoles that they're doing. I, I can am... see them pulling. So I am waiting. I am waiting for that to be the case to where it's like, okay, well now all these uh, classic consoles are out. They are now all in stock and um, you can go buy them. Now we're not going to do virtual console. If you want to play old games, uh, go buy this other system. That is uh, secretly I'm... something I'm super worried about as well. So th- uh... th- I know they're going to pull it. Maybe GameCube, they're not going to pull that. I think that's why the rumors of the Switch being GameCube uh, compatible. I think they might have a um, a, uh, a virtual console for uh, GameCube. But anything below that, I could see them pulling some bullshit like, hey, uh, if you want to play our classic games, go buy the classic game mini. Yeah, I... Which I could see them doing too. Like my argument against it would be, well, they'd be leaving money on the table because 
I bought an SNES Classic because I'm an idiot. Um, but then, like, I would purchase Earthbound again on the Switch if it was available. Uh, so, I mean, that would be the thing is that it'd be like, well, Nintendo didn't want to make money, but they've shown time and time again in the past that uh, the NES Classic's a perfect they example. If uh, they had enough of those last year, they would have made a ton of money, and they didn't. So that was the one thing everybody wanted to get their kid for Christmas last year or their dad for Christmas last year just because of, I guess, when that thing came out. That was what everybody wanted, and they did not have it. So they left so it's, much money on the table because of that. So they've left money on the table before. And they're still doing it with the SNES Classic. I have seen is, some of them in the stores. I will say interesting. that. So, that is the number one asked question at uh, my store. Do you have SNES Classic? Uh, working Best Buy. Yes, it's every time, and we don't. I wonder if it's no, different because you work in a city-ish area, whereas I'm kind of like in the suburbs. I wonder if that – that's probably a factor at least. Possibly. But uh, Possibly. But... Yeah, that's uh, that's been something that's uh, been coming up in the back of my mind too lately is that, man, what if they do go down this route and they go – they lean hard into these mini consoles and that is where they want us to play these things. I 100% expect them to do it. I do not put it past them at all to do it. Uh, because, I mean, half the stuff on the Wii that's broken, like the the hits, the chat system, it's like you would just think these things work with Nintendo. Like, hey, like... The fact that you even have to use an app. Everybody else has done this this way. Like, you have to use an app on your smartphone to talk to your friends rather than just having it natively on the Switch. Why? <laughs> It's I I see them doing it. I fully expect them to do it. Yeah, that would uh, good old Nintendo. That would not be fun. I would be very upset because that is the <laughs> that's uh that's why I like the Switch too is because of the portable functionality and stuff. All of a sudden, I can have Super Mario World and Earthbound and a bunch of other stuff on my Switch to take around, and that's great. That you bought for the thousandth time because Nintendo doesn't know yeah, how to but structure. I would be able. To, yeah, because I didn't already purchase those on 3ds or anything like that. And 3ds, so, Wii U, Wii, and then it just all falls apart. Yeah. So yeah, we're getting into my real issues with Nintendo here. Uh, my biggest issue is that there's still no achievement system uh, because yep. that needs to be. That's a, a big thing. one for me too. Is that I was gonna say I'm a I'm a trophy and achievement whore for sure. So uh, the fact that they don't have an achievement system in the Switch sucks. Um, I will say, however, it made Breath of the Wild a little bit more enjoyable because I was doing things because I wanted to rather than, huh, what is this achievement going to get me? 20 Gs for doing this thing? Yeah, I'll go do that real quick. Uh, it was kind of nice, but uh, yeah. you need an achievement system on that thing, especially for the old games. Just do it for the old games. Like If they do come out with virtual console, come out with achievements for the virtual console games at the same time. That's you... so ridiculous to me that we're sitting here and we're saying if – they come out with a virtual console. That is my issue with Nintendo. That, that's even a question. Yeah. Maybe if they announce a virtual console, you. then you could buy it. And there you go. Maybe that could put at least that part to rest. It could be a little bit better yeah. than yourself. Um, Absolutely. I wanted to take a turn into something more serious. Uh, mainly because I don't know how much you want to talk about this. This is the only really newsworthy thing, which is... Uh, everything that's been going on with Naughty Dog. And oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to. I, well, I just wanted to ask you about this because this is really the only big thing that's happened in the industry over the past few days. And I saw your tweet yesterday after they put out their response, and you said, "Hey, this sucks. Like, this is a bad statement." Um, which I 
kind of agree with after rereading it earlier. Um, if I should probably pull up the, I, I don't need to read the entire tweet thread or the thread of tweets, I guess, from David Ballard. Um, basically an ex naughty dog employee said that he was sexually harassed, correct? By a lead at the studio in 20, I can't remember the year. I think it was 2015. Is that correct? Yes. Is that 2015? I, I believe so. I could pull up the. I don't know. Hold on. Yeah, I, th- I think if that's. If you correct. want to pull up the before... tweet thread, I have their quote here from them. Okay. Uh, basically, he said he was sexually harassed by a lead because sexual harassment is a constant thing that's happening now. Apparently. Um, okay. Go uh, for yeah, it. Yeah. Do you want me to? Yeah. Go for go, it. Okay. So. Uh, so ever since the, of course, the uh, the Weinstein come out, uh, a lot of entertainment um, uh, people are coming out, speaking out, uh, sh- sharing their experiences with sexual harassment. And um, David Ballard on Saturday went ahead and put out this tweet. Um, In late 2015, I was sexually harassed at Naughty Dog uh, by a lead. My work environment became extremely toxic afterward. In February 2016, I had a mental uh, breakdown at work and Sony PlayStation HR became involved. When I told them about uh, the harassment, they ended the call and fired me the next day. They decided the company was moving in a different uh, direction and my job was no longer needed. Uh, they tried to silence me by offering uh, $20,000 if I signed a letter agreeing to the termination as well as not discuss it to, with anybody. Um, I declined to sign. I to sign. Um, I have been unemployed for 17 months uh, since, and when interviews, interviewers asked why I left Naughty Dog, I said I was burned out by the crunch, ashamed to get to the root of the problem of being sexually harassed. I'm speaking out now because of the strength I've seen in others coming forward about their experiences in the TV film industry. Um, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. I will not let anyone kill my drive or love for the video game industry and my passions or my life. There we go. Good read through. Um, thank you. So Naughty Dog basically put out a statement in response to that because he put that out. Was that Saturday or Friday? Yeah, it was a Saturday. Was it or Saturday? actually, I mean, Friday. Um, Naughty Dog put out a statement. You're the yeah, before you're such a good journalist. <laughs> uh, Naughty Dog put out a statement yesterday, um, and it simply read, reads, We have recently read on social media that an ex-employee of Naughty Dog, Dave Ballard, claims he was sexually harassed when he worked at Naughty Dog. We have not found any evidence of having received allegations from Mr. Ballard that he was harassed in any way at Naughty Dog or Sony Interactive Entertainment. Harassment and inappropriate conduct have no place at Naughty Dog and Sony Interactive Entertainment. We have taken and always will take reports of sexual harassment and other workplace grievances very seriously. We value every single person who works at Naughty Dog and Sony Interactive Entertainment. It is of utmost importance to us that we maintain a safe, productive workplace environment that allows us all to channel our shared passion for making games. So, you thought it sucked, is what I saw you say on Twitter yesterday. I agree with you. I think three-fourths of this is garbage because it is just obvious statements like hey uh harassment in the workplace is not appropriate uh also we take sexual harassment very seriously uh we value all of our company members it's like yeah okay no duh like three-fourths of this is seriously just fluff um the only thing that i found interesting though is that they claim that they have no knowledge of this happening um when they say, we have not found any evidence of having received allegations from Mr. Bell that he was harassed in any way at Naughty Dog. Um, that's the only thing that's like 
stands out, I guess, amongst their entire statement is that, like, they, if this is a thing that happened, clearly, or from what they're saying, I guess, they did not know about it, which is interesting, I guess, if you believe them. Um, I don't know. Where, what do you think about this whole ordeal at this point? I, I, I think it sucks. Um, I think, so, one of them's lying. Yeah. Like well, one of them's lying, and I'm more inclined to believe that David Beller has more to lose in this. Um, do you so really? Why? Why would he? Yeah, yeah, I do because the thing that gets me because the thing that stands out in that statement, like you said, that that whole statement was the most boring, vanilla, milk toast statement that said nothing about anything. It, it reminds me a lot of uh, IGN's GamerGate um, response. Yeah. It, it, did, it does more damage to put out a statement that says absolutely nothing. Um, but there is something in there that it does say, and it says that thing, um, I think it's before that last sentence you just wrote, it says they launched an investigation and they come to the conclusion. Um, um, they said, we have or, not or, found any evidence. That's all okay, they said. Yeah, with the investigation. Right? Yeah. No, they don't say with, anything about investigation. If I, I thought they launched. No, they they have not launched an investigation, and that's what people wanted is them to say that they had when they haven't. Yeah. Um, I think Sony – I'm not sure about this. Sony might have put out a separate statement saying something about an investigation, but I'm not sure about that. This is just the one from Naughty Dog. Um, where, yeah, all they said is that they don't have any ev- evidence or that they have not found any evidence of this happening. Yeah, well, I mean, and of course, like with, like you, I know this is so difficult, it especially is. Um, a, a difficult subject to tackle. Um, I just feel like that statement did absolutely nothing, and it kind of just made it, to me, it came off as like, that. that I mean, it, it doesn't really say that, but just the whole attitude of like, like I said, the vanilla milk toast post with like, with the we're we're not aware. I like I said. I no, just I, I feel like someone's lying. I feel like we get, go down a very bad road when we start um, victim shaming. Yeah. Well, here's the. I, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish. I do think. I I do think he has the most to lose because it's like, um, unfortunately, this does happen. Like people do get blacklisted for things that like okay, so um let up for like there's an investigation launched at your last job like why you, you basically become a liability yeah uh, and, and we, there are there are examples of this out there um that you can uh, look up you can google and there, there's like a handful of uh, articles written about people this has happened hey everybody the call dropped there for a second yeah so you were saying he has the most to lose i don't know um because if it's a hard thing for me, and I don't know if I agree with that, because he already does not have a job, correct? Um, so he currently has no position at another company where he could potentially be fired if he came out with this. Um, Naughty Dog, on the other hand, is a business and is a company. Um, if they put out a statement that says we have no knowledge of this, and then it comes out that they did have knowledge of it, um, they're screwed. Um, not that they're going to get closed down or anything like that, but their pu- the public perception of them as a company would drop so quickly amongst everyone. Um, I think they'd still. 
probably make good games and people would probably still play those games. But uh, I don't know how public facing you could be with them anymore. Um, like during these press conferences and stuff like that, like, could you still have their developers up on stage and like, how would people respond to that? Um, they both have a lot to lose um, for sure in saying this. And I'm inclined to believe that because of that, like, because I think Naughty Dog has a lot to lose as well, that they wouldn't just flippantly say we have no knowledge of it. Um, the interesting part of this all to me is that, so Dave says he went to Sony's Human Resources, correct, rather than Naughty Dog's? I think they all work since uh, Naughty Dog's owned by Sony. I think they all go under uh, Sony's uh, HR. Well, that's what I I didn't know if it worked like that. If I didn't know if uh, Naughty Dog had in-house human resources as well in addition to Sony. I know they're all under Sony's umbrella there. But, yeah, uh, I don't. I don't. I think it all reports under Sony. So uh, I, that would most, make most sense. So I'm I'm curious. I don't know. There's a. There's, uh, we're trying to put together a puzzle and we have like five of the pieces so far. And it seems like it's like a 50 piece puzzle. So it's really hard to see what this is going to turn uh, yeah, out to be. Cool. Um, I, but like I said, it's like, there are a few things that we do know though, is like when David Ballard left, um, it was abrupt. Like in a, it wasn't abrupt like unusual thing with no kind of statement whatsoever because David Ballard was uh, one of the more known yeah in in the studio and then um and like like you said it is like we have five pieces of the puzzle and no real uh progress but i mean if it's like if if uh, they launched an investigation and nothing's found then it's like like Dave knows he's single-handed, like ruined his career ever in video games, and I, I, I doubt someone it just does. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, and that, and that's where it's hard to try to decipher because, um, yeah, they both have a lot to lose. If not, if Naughty Dog tried to sweep this under the rug, or Sony tried to sweep this under the rug, then they are in a lot of trouble. Um, and. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, if Ballard is just lying about this or something crazy like that, then, uh, yeah, he will be blacklisted by the video game industry as a whole. Um, it's, uh, I don't know, I, I mentioned the Schreier piece, too. I don't know if that was when I was talking or not, but uh, or when, when we broke up there. But, yeah, it, I mean, Jason Schreier put out a uh, report earlier today, which basically just said that... Um, some former Naughty Dog employees like had no idea that this was a thing because I guess Jason Trier reached out to them and was like, hey, is there anything you can tell me about just your thoughts on this whole thing that's transpiring and whether current or former Naughty Dog employees and he said, and from his article, they all sounded like surprised by it. Um, so if something did, air, obviously they could be playing coy, I guess, or lying about it then, but is that how deep this goes? Like, is this something that's company-wide known yeah. that everybody would be lying about, even to, like, Jason Schreier to speak on the record about it and lie like that? Like, how deep would the line go within the company to where even just random developers that uh, 
might have contacts with journalists would be lying about it as well. So, or maybe just a handful of people like actually know about this, the person who did it. Um, and maybe one of the studio leads and then a couple people at Sony who of course tr- would try to sweep this under the rug. That's another issue that we run into. If Sony really did try to pay him uh, $20,000, uh, to shut his mouth about it, um, is that investigation really going to be that we can trust? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the interesting part of it. And I don't know, I don't know the legal ramifications of something like that off the top of my head. Like, can you give a former employee a gag order for something like that? Because I feel like that's illegal and uh, I do not, I'm not a lawyer. So maybe I'm totally wrong in that, in that guess. But uh, that seems like something you would not be able to do. No, I I think. Unless the way they word it in the document is about something else. I think that 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 that's uh, the key. I think it was about the employment. Yeah. So of like, like why he like 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 so a typical NDA like after you leave a company like hey obviously you can't talk about so and so project blah 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 blah. Yes. They could have worded it that way, but in reality, been like you can't say anything about uh, sexual harassment or whatever. So. Yeah. Um, I don't. I. I uh, it's a. It's a crazy story and it's also a sucky story like it 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 sucks so much that this stuff keeps happening and like you said at the top too i think people are feeling more empowered to come out with their own stories now um like the whole hashtag that was going on across the internet last night or the past few days with the hashtag me too and just a bunch of people telling their different stories about being sexually harassed or whatever um so this is a as much as it sucks to say it, it seems like a very common problem with our society as a whole. And it is not just uh, douchebags like Harvey Weinstein. Um, so I don't know. It's a, uh, it's a very complicated thing, but um, the thing I, the other thing I mentioned to uh, when we broke up there is I don't know if we'll ever know what's going to happen here. Um, the thing I mentioned as well was the, whole sexual sexual harassment thing with uh nick robinson earlier this year where that was a that kind of blew up and everybody was waiting for evidence one way or the other and polygon said they were having an investigation and then polygon let him go but nothing came out to the public and no one has said anything about it since and uh the the court of public opinion seems to pretty much deems nick robinson as an asshole at this point but um nothing came out one way or the other and i'm inclined to believe that that's probably what's going to happen here as well yeah well and with the nick robinson thing too it's with something like what he was being accused of it was more easily provable yes and it would and i hate i hate how um like in that case people were getting mad for people saying like show me the receipts um but i feel like because what he was being accused of was over text don't see it as a bad thing for uh, the people who um, are accusing to be able to, I, I don't see what the problem issue would be of releasing those text threats. Well, a lot of the people uh, who were accusing him in that scenario too, were like second or third hand sources from what I remember because yeah. it had just become more of a well-known thing amongst certain groups of people. And those people are the ones who started kind of blowing the lid off of it. That was a weird situation. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, that that it, with the Nick Ro- whole Nick Robinson thing, it does become a sticky sticky situation because from just from the outside looking in, it just looks like a guy who's really bad at bad at flirting. Yeah, what it came off to. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much what. And I he her, so that's how it comes off. It, it, it looks like um, a guy from the outside looking in that it was a guy who's really bad at flirting. But on top of that, he has a position of power. He has like a platform. So I can see how that is skeevy as well. Like I'm not saying that, but like go so something but i don't see how um the text threads would have been nice to have because that would be something that's so easily provable yeah and obviously something got proven somewhere along the way to polygon or polygon just decided they didn't want the headache on their hands um something happened there but uh i don't know we'll never know yeah it'll be interesting to watch this whole naughty dog dave ballard thing continue to play out over the next couple days um i hope wherever it is uh just whatever side it is like i said I, i'm more inclined to believe david ballard because um naughty dog a, a, a big powerful company like this like i could see them fortunately pulling something like that because it's like if it did happen i could see sony because that's their their that's their key studio that's it's like I could see them trying to sweep something under the rug. Like yeah, that. if if there is any corrupt uh, business or anything corrupt happening there, I would be also more inclined to believe that it happened um, with Sony directly rather than with Naughty Dog. Like the the fact that uh, Naughty Dog puts out a statement saying we have like no knowledge of this uh, might be true. They might not actually have any knowledge. Yeah, that could be totally truthful. Like they. Uh, I mean, even uh, Neil Druckmann tweeted it out yesterday, and he pretty much was uh, putting his backing behind that statement too. So uh, it seems like just something they might not have been aware of, and it might go up to Sony and somewhere got uh, lost within Sony more directly with their HR or something like that. But uh, like I said, it, it could have been like a handful of people, like the person who was doing it, maybe one of the studio heads, and then, of course, PlayStation HR and PlayStation heads. Yeah. Like I said, situation. I hope that justice is served wherever it needs to be, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we get you out of here, I just wanted to ask you one last thing. What are the big games you're kind of looking forward to the rest of the year? Because uh, we talked about, I think we kind of touched on this earlier. You mentioned, you at least outlined a bunch of the ones you're interested in. But uh, what are the ones you're really looking forward to diving into and playing a little bit more? Uh, hands down, Wolfenstein is like is like the game that I'm looking forward to yeah. most. Just because it's like, man, like that that it's a cool concept. I'm I'm a big history uh fan, so I like seeing things like this uh, kind of being interactive and like Nazis in America, which I mean we're kind of living now, but um like the like America, which is I don't know I, I I'm I'm intrigued by the whole storyline. The first one was so incredibly done, and um I'm just looking forward to jumping into wolfenstein mostly and then of course star wars battlefront but again with the whole microtransaction thing i don't know how that's still, how it's gonna plan I'll out still buy that game that's how that's how much of a sucker <laughs> i am for star wars so uh unfortunately me too <laughs> yeah that's uh hopefully hopefully they fix it up before the final release yeah i'm super excited for wolfenstein as well um i think i'm reviewing that one so i hope i get a code early but uh 
we'll see. <laughs> How do you? I, I have a question for you. How do you guys decide who reviews what? Um, it's a. Uh, I'm trying to think if I'm allowed to say. Yeah, it's on a huge deal. Um, we take coverage into account. We take familiarity with a certain game into account. It all goes through our editor in chief, so he eventually ends up deciding. Um, so the editor in chief uh, goes through. We put in requests, obviously. So it'll be like, okay. Here's the games that are out in November. Let me know the ones you would be interested in reviewing. So we send him a list, and then he gets sees that there's four people interested in Battlefront. Well, these two people haven't covered the game like at all, so they're obviously at the bottom of the pecking order, whereas this person has previously went hands-on and played two hours of the game and has talked to the developers and blah, 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 blah. So obviously he knows the most about it. It just makes sense for us to put him on the review. So pretty much that. Like, it's a logical thing just based on prior coverage for the most part just curious about that yeah it's it's been different i've worked at like two or three different sites and it's been different everywhere uh sometimes it's like a seniority thing which is annoying uh but for the most part yeah we i I like the system that we've got in place seems fair at least but uh cool dude mike Thanks for coming on. Sorry we got so broken up there for uh, the couple. Yeah, of no, <laughs> no, no problem. That just comes with the territory of doing this over uh, Google Hangout. I know. We uh, we'll have to do. We'll have to rent out a studio and uh, record live in person sometime because that'll for sure happen. Uh, seriously though, thank you uh, for coming on. I uh, I appreciate it, especially. Well, I was gonna say on, on short notice, but I guess we did talk last week about this. I don't know. My my yeah. <laughs> my schedule's so messed up in my head right now, dude. I am I'm so out of it. I've been there. Yeah, no, th- this was kind of fun. Um, eventually, if I get uh, our little podcast set up, if you're ever in the area, I'd love to have you on uh, ours. And if you guys ever get in the studio, I'd love to come in and <laughs> that join will, you guys. That will never happen, but uh, I would love to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, for sure. If I'm ever in the area again, um, which I probably will be, I don't I don't have anything soon planned, but majority of preview events are in san francisco i'll hit you up yeah we should hang out yeah sure. we'll work something out. we'll work something um out. but yeah totally thank you for coming on uh go ahead and plug all your stuff again uh tell us where we can find you on the internet and what you would want people to check out all right so cool yeah uh you can follow me over at twitter um at cheeks underscore junior um i have a lot of opinions i uh just goofy just it's just me and then uh, I have a YouTube channel, Chip Tooth Gaming. Uh, you can check that out over at youtube.com uh, forward slash Chip Tooth Gaming. Uh, we, do, uh, uh, we haven't done a review in a while, but uh, Let's Plays, um, podcasts. Um, we're trying to figure out what we're going to be in the future. But right now, there's a ton of content there for you to go and consume. A lot of fun Let's Plays. Um, my favorite thing to do is um, our Let's Plays. So go check it out. Go give us a shot. I'd love to you guys aboard you guys do good let's plays i watched a couple i enjoy them there thank you thank you that that one's weird too because we launched that on the same uh day it's like the same week and uh me and andy had very similar ideas yeah of like how 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 we want the like the editing to go so it's just funny to see how that worked out Yeah, uh, before we go to Max's wedding on Friday, like I said, I've got some friends who are coming down here 
and we've got a YouTube channel ourselves together. So I think they're coming down Wednesday, and we're going to be like, hey, we're finally all together. Let's do a bunch of Let's Plays and stuff. So we're going to try and cram a bunch of those together within a uh, like an eight-hour span. <laughs> Maybe we'll make like five videos really quickly to stagger out over the next month or whatever. But uh, It's done. Yeah, we've wanted to do it for a long time, so that's something we're hopefully going to get the chance to do. But uh, yeah, as always, for everything else with MGS, make sure to follow us on Twitter at MGS Podcast. You can also follow uh, Model Citizens Media, which is the larger podcasting brand that Millennial Gaming Speak is part of. You can follow that at Model Pods. You can also visit the website, modelcitizensmedia.com, to check out all of our other podcasts. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Moreman12, and you can also email us with any questions, comments, or concerns that you may have at mgspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that's what it is. I don't know why I always mix some, some of that stuff up. <laughs> uh, but that's it for this week. Mike, again, thank you so much for coming on. We will have to get you back in here sometime or we can hang out or something. I don't know. We'll figure something out. We'll yeah, keep in touch. I would love to. For keep sure. Keep in touch. Keep in touch uh but that's it for this week thank you everybody for tuning in uh when we talk next max will be married but he will not be back um i've got two more guests planned out for the next two weeks so be sure to come back next week and hear more of these kind of one-off solo interviews because i think we've got some good guests lined up but until then have a good week we love you bye goodbye